0: Whatever where a bunch of preachers were at on uh, Friday, um, been kind of a crazy week. We we took off here Sunday afternoon and went up to Steamboat Springs where my in-laws have lived up there for uh, many moons, and uh, went up and had a relaxing day on Monday, and didn't do didn't shoot a single firework, didn't go to any parade. We we actually went up into the mountains and and caught a bunch of little brook trout, had kind of a quiet time and and then we came home on on Tuesday. I did a funeral on Wednesday, and headed for Lyons, Nebraska on Thursday. Came home Friday, Saturday didn't quite make it home. So uh, stopped and got a room um, uh, Friday. Got home yesterday and and. Uh, been kind of a whirlwind of a week and uh but in that had some time to think and while i was in that conference on uh friday there there was a verse that um was used and um and it talks in verse 9 chapter psalm 92 and verse 10 the preacher hit this verse he just read it and made one comment and moved on and God has just really used it in my life since then to show me some things in my life, and but in verse ten, uh, the last part of that verse says, "I shall be anointed with fresh oil." And the pastor just made a a, a statement. He said, "You know," he said, "sometimes we just need to, we need to have that fresh anointing," and um, I need that. I need that i i think since um since twenty twenty there's been such a heaviness and and just such a such battles that have been going on and i I started thinking of that on the way home and actually as soon as he read that verse, it pricked my heart and um you know we just need to we need to be able to move forward and I think about some of the the um areas of, of uh, um, I don't know, just areas that caused some contention um, in our country and with our churches, and, and uh, you know, it just brought such an anger, angry demeanor uh, um, to me, and, um, and it's not, and I don't believe it was out of arrogancy that it was there. It was because you see what's happening uh, to people in our church family, you see what's going on in our communities, and and so it brought such an anger. And uh, through that, it just seems like you know there's been such battle for that. And I just need a fresh anointing. I, I just want that fresh oil. And and uh, I pray that that um, God will give that not only for me but for all of us. That you know there are times when we just need to stop and and give thought to what god's doing in our lives and uh and and it is a battle it's a battle for our minds it's a battle for our families right now and and we need to guard and we need to protect that but we also uh we we need to walk in obedience to the word of god and by the power of the holy spirit and we want to have that and i want that i want that for you i want that for our church family and I pray that God would give us that in some type of a revival in our hearts, our minds, our lives, and people will see that. And uh, because there there is a battle, and we know that there's a battle, and and we can be angry at the one uh, who is our enemy, and that's the devil. And uh, I hate him, and he hates me. And uh, he hates all of us, and, and uh, we need to stand strong, we need to stand true to God, and And we need to do that by uh, battling the way that God would have us to battle uh, in this crazy world today. And so that's not the verse that I wanted to spend time on. I I want us to go back, and it's the springboard again, is Isaiah chapter 26, and such a powerful uh, couple of verses that uh, God gives us here in verses 3 and 4. And he writes, he says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You know, the the, the scriptures tell us in Proverbs 23 and verse 7 For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we know that the mind affects the heart, we know that the eyes affect the heart, we know that uh, the The mind will affect our actions. Uh, if our If our mind is full of carnality, if our heart is filled with carnality, and uh, it, it's going to it's going to be manifest in in our actions. and And uh, we 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 need to understand that that uh, where our mind goes, so often that's where our mo- our body goes. And James James wrote in chapter one, verses fourteen and fifteen, he said. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And so we see the beginning of destruction in a person's life is really with our mind, and our thoughts need to be controlled, and they need to be consecrated to God, and and, and uh, dedicated, set apart, hallowed, they, they need to be, uh, uh, e- even even the word renewed has the idea of being consecrated for God. And so there are times where we need that fresh anointing to uh, bring us back where we need to be and keep our minds in check as well as keeping our bodies in check and, and staying focused on What God wants. Because what do we want in our lives? I've asked this many times in in our lives. What it is do we want? Do we want turmoil and destruction? Because really, if we we continue down the path of carnality and and we continue down the path of of letting Satan uh, distract us or letting the world distract us or giving in to all of the, the wants and the needs of our flesh, that all it's going to do is bring turmoil and sadness and grief and despair and desperation and discouragement and depression, anxiety. I mean, it's going to bring all of those things and, and it's going to lead us to make decisions in our lives that, that are going to be very destructive. And we don't want that. Rather, we want to have perfect peace and God says that he can keep us in perfect peace but what do we need to do? Our mind needs to be stayed on Him. And we need to trust in Him. And we need to trust Him every day. And whatever the challenges are that come, that we need to trust Him. And, and we need to allow God to give us that peace that only He can give and, and live peacefully and peaceably uh, around those who are, are are around us today. and And so... I want to give us uh, give some thought to this, and and give some thought to the mind, and knowing that that is where the battle is. We know that Satan is constantly after the mind, and 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 trying to manipulate us into believing things that are that are not true, and we do not want that uh, in our lives. Turn over to Romans chapter one, and and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. We we've, we've already. Uh, looked at some of this but the first mind that i want us to think about is the reprobate mind and we we see the reprobate mind has raised itself up today and and is doing much speaking in this world and and there are many who are falling prey to the 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 mindless lies that the reprobate mind will give out and and in romans chapter 1 in verse 28 and it says and And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. And so God is the one who who handed them over, he delivered them, he he committed them to this, and and what did he give them? He gave them a reprobate mind, And, and so the uh, the uh, reprobate mind that that we see that uh, so often is, is uh, described here is one that is incapable of understanding uh, the the ideas of God, one that is worthless and base and vain, dis, uh, disapproved and rejected by God. That's what a reprobate mind is. There. There are many in our world that have a reprobate mind. There are many that, that may not have the reprobate mind yet because I believe, that, I believe that when God turns someone over to a reprobate mind, there's no turning back. They're, they're not going to repent, and, and they are in a desperate situation. Now, I don't know when someone gets to that, and so by God's grace, by God's glory... Uh, we know that anyone has the opportunity to turn back to God. But I believe that there can be a point in time where evil comes to the point where God will say, fine, you're going to go that way, I'll give you over to that, and that's all you're going to have. You don't want me in your life, I won't be in your life, and I won't be in your life for all eternity, and you will be forever separated from God. That's a choice that people have to make. Do you want to spend an eternity with God? Or do you want to spend an eternity in a devil's hell, and so and you will be alone in a devil's hell, and there will be no one around you, and you will you have all eternity to have live in regret and remorse and shame and in horrible judgment of your bad decision. Don't go there, okay? Trust Christ as your Savior. I mean, that's why we're here today to to know the truth and and know that that Jesus Christ is the truth, and that he'll save you. Call on him and trust him as your Savior today. But here we see that the reprobate mind does not uh, 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 retain God in their knowledge, and and so we see that the reprobate mind chooses not to retain God. And and we saw, and, and we've already looked at this, but I'll read it, 29 through 32 are the results of a reprobate mind. Being filled with unrighteousness. Everything that is not godly is unrighteous. And so all these things that are unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. I mean, I I look at these and 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 we could name so many of these are even in our own churches today. We don't need this stuff. We don't need to be representing any of these things that that represent a reprobate lifestyle. We don't need to represent those things that represent someone that is unsaved and has no hope. We we ought to be representing something different and something much better than this. And backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents without understanding that they're spiritually senseless okay is what it's saying and God's saying this I'm not this is God's word and they're covenant breakers why that's why we have to sign our lives away even to buy a car or buy a home and sign all those stupid papers that that you have to do so that show that you're not going to be a covenant breaker and without natural affection and uh, and, and, and that ladies not having the love uh, and, and fathers not having the love for their children that, that God has given them. Implacable and merciful who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same but have pleasure in them that do them. And they even paraded around today in our society. And you know why they keep parading it? And you know why they keep throwing it in front of your face? You know why they want to teach it to your children? Because they know the battle comes in the mind. And so we need to be careful and we need to protect our minds. And the reprobate mind chooses not to retain God. And so a a righteous mind will retain God. And we will pay attention to God in our lives and allow him to take over in our thought life. And in a reprobate mind we looked at this also and and quickly but in 2 corinthians chapter four and and this should help us in in learning how to deal with those that that don't agree with us and that are anti-christ and, and anti-teaching of of the scripture but in 2 corinthians four verse four in whom the god of this world who is that that's the devil satan himself right hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We need to start looking at those that are preaching against us and that have such a hatred in their hearts, and and, the, and they think that it's not a hatred, but it is a, a, an extreme hatred, and, and it's not towards us, even though they think that it is, it's actually... A Hatred towards God because they are blinded by the one who truly hates God. And we need to understand that we need to figure out a way to love that person and not take it personally when when they are adamantly against you and adamantly against who God is. Well, that's just the devil talking, and and he has them blinded, and, and we need to start looking at them for what they are they're walking around with blindfolds on that Satan has put on there, and they cannot see the truth of the gospel. And we need to ask God, Lord, help us to understand them in a way that you can use us, that we can show them and help lift the blinders so they can see truly what we know, the the glorious forgiveness of Christ and, and his goodness in our lives and, and, and the blessings that comes in in knowing Him, and, and so here, the blind, the, the reprobate mind, they need to see the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, and the way that God has chosen for them to see that isn't some writing in the sky, and, and it isn't some vision that they've had, but it's through common, ordinary people who have trusted Christ as their Savior, who love them enough to continue to tell them and show them the love of Christ. Know how we need to do that. A reprobate mind is blind. A reprobate mind is, is carnal in, in all ways. In, in Romans chapter 8, here, here we see that God gives us a description of that carnal mind. And, and I do believe, talking about an unsaved person, but I also believe that even as a believer, as a Christian, if we continue to live carnally in our lives, and by carnal I mean Fleshly, we're we're just doing whatever the flesh wants. Okay, we're doing whatever the world tells us to do is okay, and, and all things are good, and 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 uh, it's whatever goes is okay. Uh, whatever's right in your eyes is okay. That's what carnality is, and and one that's unsaved, that's all they know. They're going to do what's best for them. They're going to do whatever their lord tells them, who is the prince of the power of the air who is the devil himself, and the devil is never going to lead them to do things that are pleasing to God. Even in our lives. If we're going to live fleshly, if we're going to live carnally, we are not living in a way that is honoring and pleasing to God. and We need to change. And we need to get things right in our lives. And Romans 8, verse 5, "...for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh." But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Boy, how many times have we read in the Scripture where God condemns idolatry, and we put ourselves on that platform, and we idolize ourselves so often. Let us be careful with that. And and those that are minding the flesh, they they are uh, going to be carnally minded, and for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And I know he's talking about eternal life, and he's talking about eternal peace, but I also believe that he's talking about an abundant life that we can have today. I believe that he's talking about a peace that we can have in our lives today, and and oh, how we need that. I haven't been very peaceful at times. Over the last couple of years, it's been a real challenge to be peaceful at all. And so, but there still needs to be, we can still stand for righteousness, and we definitely need to. And we need to stand for what's right, and we need to stand for what's just. We need to stand for what's biblical. We need to earnestly contend for the faith, as God says, and and that means to put up your fist and fight for the faith. So yes, we do, and in those moments of time, yes, we need to do that, but we can still do that under control of the Holy Spirit and do that with a peace in our heart that only God can give. That's what we need to have. I I I uh I, I went into I don't know if I should say this. I, I went into Bobstock yesterday. I, I have been a thorn in the city council's flesh many years on the Bobstock um because they just can't seem to have a good time without having alcohol. And I just always stood up and said, you need to keep the alcohol out of the park. So now they keep it out of the park, they just put it in the streets. But honestly, the music I heard yesterday, I can see why everybody was drinking. Uh, but, you know, there's some good people there. And no, nah, I didn't care much for the music, okay? Okay. And, and and so i you know what i think i i think i ought to I, I ought to put dwight in next year as one of the bands and have him come with his accordion what do you guys think <laughs> they would ask him to quit and just preach they'd rather hear him preach than listen to the accordion right uh oh, i'm teasing but you know i i just walked through i i walked through there yesterday and and uh I'm so thankful for our church people and and went to to the the I wanted to go see how Dakota's family was doing with their uh booth and and you know I I just walked through and just saw that there are so many people that we still haven't reached with the gospel. And there's people everywhere in Morgan County that I've never met. Now there were some that came up to me, "Hey Pastor Manny, how you doing?" I'm shaking their hand good to see you. You know, I watch your devotion. Yeah. So that means I'm obviously friends with them on Facebook and they walk around. I'm like, I should have taken his picture and then maybe I could go back and figure out who my friend is. And so, but I'm glad he was a friend and he wasn't throwing rocks. And so, but we just need to get out and we need to tell people about the gospel of Christ, don't we? Because there's no hope in the reprobate mind. There's no hope in that blinded mind. There's they don't retain God, and and look, part of that is that we need to show them who God is, and we need to show them who Christ is by living in a way that's honoring to God. And because carnally minded is death, and and even as we as believers, if we want to live carnally, then it, it is going to it not a not a spiritual death in that you're going to lose what God has given you, but you'll lose your testimony, and and maybe your life is snubbed short because of that, but. Your life is just going to represent things of the world that shows there is no hope. There's no hope, and, and oh, how we need to be careful and understand that uh, how, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's an enemy of God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You know what? I believe that. I believe as a Christian, I believe there have been many times in my life when I've been walking and, and here I am a pastor and there's been days in my life when I did not bring honor and glory to God and I did nothing that day to please God. I don't want that. I don't want that in my life and I know you don't want it in your life either. And so let us understand and let us reach out to those that, that are just not having any peace. Let's tell them about the peace that God and Christ can give. And so that, that's the reprobate mind. That's the mind of the unsaved. Well, let's give, for the time remaining, let's look at the saved, consecrated mind. How it's totally different than the, than the, the uh, unsaved mind. What, what did we see in, in uh, Isaiah 26? Where, where is that mind? That mind is stayed and fixed on God. Right? So let's live our lives fixed on the thoughts of God. Let us think about what God wants us to do today. What is it that he wants me to say? How is it that he wants me to act? What uh, the, the people that I come in contact with, does he want me to talk to them? Does he uh, want me to, to, what does he want me to do? And, and let me live in, in a hope that, and, and, and let people see that They can come to me in that they know that I can give them hope in the things that I'm going to tell them. And it's not my opinion that that matters, but it truly is God's word that matters. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19, this is what he says in Hebrews 6 and verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. You ever feel like sometimes you're just drifting along and I mean, you're getting—it's like a ping pong, you know, bang, 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 bang. Or what? What was the, the 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 old arcade game where you had the pinball? Yeah, you ever felt like a pinball? You know, in your life, it's just you're getting this and then you're getting that and then you you get straightened up and then bam, you get whacked by this one over here you didn't see, you know, and 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 you're ringing the bells, you know, and and you're like. Lord, when is when are things going to calm down, and when are when are things going to be uh, uh, stationary for a while? Well, here he tells us that it's through the hope that we have, the blessed hope, the knowing that we have eternal life, and knowing that He is our Savior, and and knowing that He's with us, and and knowing that He can control our mind, and knowing that He is only allowing what He wants allowed in your life, and. And that, that He will be there to help you get through whatever it is that you may be going through. And, and it is in that hope that we stay steadfast looking upon. It's that hope that anchors the soul. It's that hope that keeps us from bouncing around everywhere. But it truly is a hope that even in the midst of great trials in our lives and whatever the trial may be, He still has you have that hope in your mind and in your heart, knowing that you're going to celebrate eternal life one day, and it will get you through whatever the issue may be in your life today. It is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. And where is that? Into the very glory and presence of God. He'll bring us to that. Somebody's beating a drum up there saying amen. Uh, I, <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> and so stay. Stay upon God. An eternal outlook and the hope that he gives us. And so you stayed upon God. You're focused upon God. Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. This is what he tells us. He tells us this also in Mark twelve thirty. Luke chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Do you remember what the second commandment was? Love thy neighbor as thyself, wasn't it? And so let us behave that way. Let people see that our goal in life is to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and body. Let him be first and foremost in our minds. So a consecrated mind, will. Uh, here we, we see that uh, a consecrated mind is going to show that we love him the way that we ought to. And so a consecrated mind is steadfast. He stayed upon God. He's focused on God but also a consecrated mind is unified with other believers. You know what I'm finding? I, <clears throat> as I get older, and, and I heard a gentleman preach in this uh, uh, fellowship on Friday that it was just good. He's an older gentleman, and you could tell he'd been through, had a lot of war wounds, I'm sure, and been in, been in the same church. I always find these guys being an inspiration to me. He, he's been in the same church and been their pastor since 1989. And and is not really an old man. I, I uh, maybe early 60s, and so he went there, pretty young in life, uh, and uh, just been a solid guy. And, and you know, he just got up and and and, and uh, he he uh, made a statement, and we were talking about it later too. You know, with all the challenges that our world's facing right now, and I'm not talking that we need to 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 reach out to those that are in reprobate or. Uh, heretical churches okay but he said you know if the challenges that we're facing and probably going to face as as things continue on in this world that that we're going to have to get past some of our pettiness and and we're going to have to get past the idea of being in all these different camps and 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 so and so doesn't do you know look i i preachers are some of the onriest group that you'll ever meet okay I, i mean i've had preachers get mad at other preachers because they didn't wear a coat when they preached. I've seen preachers get mad uh, if you didn't wear a white shirt, long sleeve white shirt to preach in with a tie and a coat. There are those that you have obviously become contemporary if you don't preach with a coat on or a tie on and you just have a button-up shirt. And God forbid if you ever wear just a regular uh, uh, t-shirt or something to preach in sometime, you're definitely gone down the road of the heretics. And, and so, uh, and, and I, I'm going to do what I believe God wants me to do, but I'm not going to judge somebody else for that. I'm, I'm going to, my judgment is on what are they preaching, and are they preaching the Word of God or not? And I think that as we get further down the road, we, we better understand we can have some differences, and we can still get along, and we still need to stand for the glorious gospel of Christ, and and yes, we're all going to be different, and we're all going to do what we see that God ought to have us to do, but I'm not going to sit and, and call someone a heretic because they didn't shine their shoes. And so let us be careful, and because a consecrated mind is unified with other believers. Now, doctrinally, look, there are certain things I'm not going to give up. And there are certain things that we as a church are going to hold to, and we're always going to hold to those. And so don't come to me and say, hey, pastor, they're having a prayer meeting in the, uh, at, at, at the, I don't know, the Morgan County Fairgrounds, and, and, and uh, the, the, the cults are going to be there, and, and some of the, uh, the heretical uh, churches are going to be there and have a big prayer meeting. They want you to come. I'm not going to be a part of it. We're not going to be a part of that. We're not going to stand for, not going to stand with a church that says that abortion is okay. We're not going to stand with a church that says that, that uh, uh, infidelity and, and any kind of, uh, uh, of lifestyle is okay. There are certain things we're not going to do. I, I, say, I feel like I need to qualify that so you understand, okay? But it tells us in Romans 12 and verse 16, it says, Be of the same mind one toward another. You know, we're all different sitting here today. We all have been brought up differently. We have all been uh, taught differently in different areas. And I mean, some of you, uh, the, the song that we sang this morning, some of you man, I've known that uh, most of my life. I had, but many of you had never even heard that song before. You know, it just, it made me realize that we all just different. We've been raised differently. Some of you maybe have never even been raised in church before. And so maybe this is your first one, and praise the Lord, I'm glad you're here, and, and I pray that you've trusted Christ, and if you haven't, come to Jesus today and trust Him as your Savior, and, and be a part of a wonderful family of God here that none of us are perfect, and none of us are even close to, to walking in, in the exact way that we ought to, but we are, we are trying, and, and you know what we'll do? We'll take you where you are, and we'll help you to get where you need to be as we're trying to get there too that is exactly what we need to do. And 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 you'll find that as we do that that we will come to that same mind and we'll know and understand that oh yeah that's you, you you'll just come to know what what we can do as a church and and what we don't do as a church family. You'll know what to do in your own life, you'll know what not to do in your in your family and and you'll, you'll come to that unity as the Holy Spirit brings us into that knowledge. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, this is what it says, last verse. <clears throat> Maybe second to last verse. Now I beseech you, brethren, so he's talking to those that know Christ as their Savior. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak, that ye all Y'all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now the stream's just joined today. I'm sure that, I haven't known them a long time, but I'm sure there's probably some things we disagree on. You know why? It's okay. I'm, I'm sure that, Dave, there's things we disagree on. Joe, I'm sure there's things we disagree on. I can't stand the Raiders, and I think you like them. No? That's good. You like the Broncos. They're just as bad as the Raiders. <laughs> you know, there, there's... But, but here, th- those things, do they really matter? Do they really matter? A- and, and you know what a consecrated mind does? It shows us here that by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing. You know what our goal ought to be is to tell people about Jesus, that he loves them, that he wants to save them, and that if they will humbly come to him and trust him and call on him, he will save them. And that they can then grow and be what God wants them to be as we come together and we preach and we teach the word of God and we help each other to come together and be unified in the faith and, and unified in the faith is not just the gospel that he's talking about it's the entire body of doctrine that the bible teaches us in how we ought to live things we ought to do how we ought to carry on in our lives how we ought to raise our children how we ought to handle our finances how we ought to be a good husband how we ought to be a good uh uh, how ladies you ought to be a good wife you know i mean everything you got to qualify anymore you know How how to handle your money how to handle your business and bringing honor and glory to God in that. He gives us all of that, and he helps us with that. And and a consecrated mind is is going to come to that point where they're all thinking the same, and and guess what? They're all going to be speaking the same thing. and, And not only that, but they're not going to allow divisions. And so I'm telling you, the devil will do everything he can to divide us. When he divides us, he makes you weaker, and he can get after you. You know a way to, to it's a thermometer in your spiritual life, is that if you're walking along and you find yourself pulling away from your body of believers, you, you start pulling away from your church family, because maybe they're annoying you, or or you're just, I don't know what it might be, but you start pulling yourself away from your local body of believers that you are a part of you are a part of this family and 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 I don't think many people truly understand what that truly means okay but to me and to scripture it is a family and when you start pulling away from that I'm telling you that you are carnally minded when you're wanting to separate from believers that love you and want to help you and all you can find are problems in their lives and and, and, and you are standing there in judgment of everything that they are doing, and you're thinking that, that I don't know, whatever you're thinking, and, and you're pulling yourself away from them, you're the one that's carnally minded. And be careful. Be careful. It's a thermometer. And, and it'll tell you, And because uh, the consecrated mind isn't going to allow divisions, and and, and you, you're going to find that, what do you say to those that do that? I, I still, as a pastor, I still struggle with that. You know, you go to them and you talk to them, or, or maybe you think, do I go? Do I not? Do I say something? You know, and then you don't go. And then, well, that worthless preacher never came to see me and wanted to know why I was ticked off at him and wanted to run over him with a Kenworth. That's my thoughts. You know There's the mind, right? you know? <laughs> uh, and some of you, am I going to get knifed, beat up, or shot? I mean, that's what the preacher might do, or that maybe that's what you're thinking. I'm not going into his office. He's got guns. You know? All the divisions that we have in our mind plays these games, and but we just can't have those divisions. We need to learn to to love past those things. And And then the last part of this verse, but ye that be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The consecrated mind brings a perfect union with imperfect people. We come and we find that we have the same motives, we have the same goals, and we even have the same in judgment of God's will. And that's what God will do for each one of us. He'll bring us to that point. And so we find in that last verse, and I, I read this in, in uh, chapter 2 right here in 1 Corinthians verse 16, for who hath made known Who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? No one, okay, We're, we can't instruct Christ, but we have the mind of Christ. We do. If we know Christ is our Savior, we have the mind of Christ. Guess what? That means that he can give you, in this day and age, and we hear, I I had to look it up, we we hear about uh, inflation, don't ask me to explain inflation, other than it drives all the interest rates crazy and and causes there to be a mass shortage of peanut butter. And so that's all I know about inflation, all right? And and it ticks me off. But uh, we have recession and depression, And so on the way home from Steamboat, I asked my wife, who's a CPA, I asked her, I said, so what's the difference between recession and depression? She says, wait a minute, and I'll Google it. (laughs) You know what recession is? A short depression. That's my, and, and so here you are, many of you are business owners. And I'm sure the anxiousness of that and it just this feeling of impending doom, you know? what Do you know that if you have Christ as your Savior, use your business to honor and glorify God, and you have the mind of Christ, He will give you wisdom beyond your own ability. He can give you wisdom to use your business, and He'll use it for His own honor and His own glory, and it will be okay whatever comes. And if God wants you to get into a different business, he'll get you into a different business. If he wants your business to exist, it will exist. And God will use you that way. You're God's. And he'll give you the mind of Christ to do what it is that he wants you to do. That is the peace that we need to have. It truly is. I mean, we we have all kinds of things that bring anxiety, to our lives and and stirs us up and keeps us from focusing on what God wants us to do. You, you see what the devil is doing? I, I mean, he, he is. I, I told my wife, I, I stayed at a motel uh, Thursday night, and she said, Are you going to stay there Friday night? I said, I'd rather drive home standing on my head with a monkey banging a cymbal than stay in that motel again. Um, there's there's two towns that I spit when I come through them, uh, one of them is Oberlin, Kansas, and one of them is Oakland, Nebraska. I I now drive through Oakland, yeah, and move forward. And and why was I going to tell you that? No, that I stayed that night, and it. I don't even need to share the It was just bad experience, okay? And I woke up twice in the night mad. And I'm like, Lord, I have to preach in the morning. You know, what is this? And so you know what the devil does? He just stirs and he stirs and he stirs. And and as long as he knows, it's kind of like the preacher teasing you. If I know that I'm getting to you, oh, it's going to be on, you know? And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe that's the devil. The devil made me do that. And so, you know, he just stirs on you and just keeps you all upset and and keeps you on on all of those things. And instead, and he's banging the cymbal. I mean, he's making all this noise. And then there's God in the still, small voice. Hey, when are you going to quit listening to all the junk and just turn your focus on me You know what? Even if you have bad hearing, you'll always hear what God is saying in that still, small voice. That's the peace that he wants us to have. Do you have it? I'm telling you, you'll never, ever in this lifetime have it until you've made peace with God. And you make peace with God through Jesus Christ. Have you trusted him as your Savior? Oh, how I pray that you have. If you haven't, let's do so today. You can sit in your seat and do so. You can come up here and talk to me for a moment. I'll have someone sit down with you in my office somewhere where it's quiet, where you're not distracted, ask any questions you might have. Get it settled today. Make sure that you know Christ, that if somebody was to ask you on the way out, are you 100% sure that if you were to die today that you go to heaven? You can say, yes, I know for sure that I'm a saved person today, and here's why. Can you do that? If you can, praise the Lord. Live in the peace of God. If you can't, settle it today and walk in the peace of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for each one who's here today. I thank you for the streams who have come and a part of our our family and, Lord, I pray that we will be the kind of family that you want us to be. And I pray, Father, that we stay unified in our thinking. And, that, Father, we help each other to grow and to be what we need to be, that we tell others about the goodness of Christ. And, and Father, we will continue to see people come to trust you as their Savior and just live powerfully, powerfully in the power of the Holy Spirit And Father, I pray that you do a work in our hearts today. Lord, whatever needs to be done, I pray that it's done so today. I pray that if someone is unsaved and they want to settle it today, that, Father, that they would just open their hearts to you right now, confess to you that they're a sinner and that they are truly repentant, sorry of who they are and their unbelief of you, and that today that they realize that, you are Christ, that you are God and that you died on the cross for them that today they call and ask you to save them and be their Savior. Lord, I know if there's someone that's praised that and opens their heart to you that I know, Father, that you saved them at that very moment and you baptize them with the Holy Spirit of God and will never leave them nor forsake them from this moment on. And Father, that they can know now that they're on their way to heaven. God, you said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, we thank you for salvation. We thank you for that blessed hope. And I pray, Father, that each one of us know it, that each one of us walk out of here today and share that blessed hope with whoever we come in contact with and use us greatly in your work.